Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power calls, this is Susan Shereko. Welcome. Marvina Sims is here today to talk about her book, and there are several that we're going to get into in a minute. Um, Marvina has suffered from a number of problems throughout her lives, our life, and like many others, she found writing provided a means to escape from her discomfort, physical and emotional. So let's hear more about her story. Please wave your hands to welcome Marvina Sims. Hello, Marvina. Welcome. Hello, Susan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you allowing me this moment to be here to speak with you and your listening audience. It is my pleasure. I enjoy talking to people. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) Marvina, was was your book, Brittle Never Broken, the most difficult book you've chosen to write? Yes, it absolutely was. Um, The reason being, is I had to relive a lot of hurting moments in my past. I went through so much trauma, Susan. Um, Mm -hmm. And then to have to relive that, to sit and type at my laptop. And I was trying to make it a regular, uh, consistent uh, gesture so I can get finished with it. But when I say it was really difficult because I literally would sit at my computer and cry when I had to relive moments of my painful past. Wow. So that's what held it up. What What's the meaning behind the title? Brittle Never Broken um, has several meanings. Um, the one that stands out right now uh, as we speak is the fact that I have a bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, and the simpler term is brittle bone, or OI for short, Mm -hmm. and um, I I only had this affect my legs. There are different types um, of uh, between types one, I believe, and six is still the numbers, and Mm -hmm. so that can range from any parts of the body being broke, any part of the bones in the body being broken. And so I chose the title because I recognized when I was writing that it wasn't just my bones that were brittle. It was my emotions. My heart would break over certain things. And I recognized that was the hardest part to really mend is um, a broken heart. And so I said, but you know what? Regardless of what was hurting or what I did break, I wasn't permanently broken. So that's why I chose that title, Brittle Never Broken. I've always bounced back from whatever I had to go through. Well, when did you first discover that you were you were suffering from broken, a broken heart or broken situations in your life? Um, oh, great question, Susan. I would get my feelings hurt easily. Um, as a child, I was pegged as too sensitive. But then, too, you got to look at the sources. 
if a person is cruel and, you know, being in a dysfunctional family, I had a lot of that happening and things were said to hurt my feelings and I would cry. And instead of being consoled, you know, I was told, oh, you're just too sensitive. And so that's when I started recognizing, well, my God, I'm getting to feel like I'm having more emotional hurt than I am suffering from the broken bones. So that's when I recognized it. Yes. Yeah. That's, what, that's what made me realize it all. And then you, you know, when you got into your marriage, did you have similar problems? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um my, let me just say this. I learned about uh, domestic violence and abusive situations because I had uh, a broken a bone and had to lay up. And that time it took me eight months to heal. And a little voice came and said to me, why do people remain in domestic violence situations, abusive situations? And it was so clear. The question asked me. And I said, wow, I wonder why do people stay in that type of situation? I went to do my research, and I found out even people who are controlling, who are manipulative, who um, want to be rude and bossy and inconsiderate of others' feelings, that is a form of abuse. And then I recognized, oh, my God, I'm married that type of person. And I learned that because I got a book from an author who uh, wrote the book called Controlling People. Her name is Patricia Evans. And just want to add one more thing in her credit. I called her once I finished her book, and she did answer the phone to confirm and to validate all of the hurt that I experienced Mm. about my marriage as well. So yes, I, I hope that answered your question. I yes, it does. Yes, it does. You have, you have broke. You have been broken in many ways. Uh, when did the book come out, Marvina? Oh, I first was able to publish it in 2015. And what happened after that? And then I ended up republishing it, and now I'm working on republish, re-republishing it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> but you also took some pretty uh, dramatic steps to change or to to take on a whole other kind of work. Yeah, you mean as far as um, the domestic violence yes. advocacy? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I did. Because once I started recognize, recognizing that um, abuse is so subtle, there are things that's called hidden abuse, indirect abuse. And once I started just peeling back all the layers, so to speak, I recognized, oh, my God, this thing is so underhandedly being done to people that I'm not even able to scratch the surface. Most people are very familiar with physical abuse because, you know, you get you get knocked down, you get hit, and sometimes the scars are there. People it's, it, it can see what the damage is when you've been physically hurt. However, when you've been through emotional abuse, when you've been through verbal abuse, all of that sticks within the brain, and it causes some deep scar tissue that requires some serious work to heal. 
and that can be years of work. Um, even as we speak, I am, um, of course, going through uh, my healing journey and seeing a therapist and, and reading and continuing to research and learning about myself because one of the things most uh, people don't recognize that's so pertinent when it comes to your own mental health, maintaining mental health, maintaining uh, emotional health is boundaries. It is so important to, be, to know when your boundaries begin and when someone else is in and vice versa. Because as long as we continue to allow people in our space, and 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 are in the wrong way, then we're going to have to continue to go through the healing process, which, like I said, I, which I believe is indefinite as long as we're living, because there's going to be always something that's happening in life. Even to hear about what's happening on the news mm-hmm. can be a traumatic mm-hmm. uh, can be a traumatic experience and triggering to some people. Oh, kinds you of know? things. Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yes, and I and I imagine if it. I don't know a lot in terms of verbalizing what hidden abuse or indirect abuse translates into in terms of what happens to people. But I imagine if it's indirect or hidden, you're really not aware as a, as the person who's the victim of it. You're not aware of it, and so you're taking it in, and you can't even begin the healing process. Absolutely. I love that you said that because that's where people get stuck in a vicious cycle of being abused and not even knowing it because I can give you an example of indirect abuse. That's when someone would throw something at you or slamming a door. It is like unreal how that type of thing can really jar you and cause you to really have anxiety. So if you want to name one of the things that I recognize, you know, yelling, you know, that's direct verbal and emotional, but that all leads to, you know, certain things that could cause us to be permanently, uh, I guess, needing to be healed, permanently Mm -hmm. damaged emotionally Mm -hmm. and mentally. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's indirect abuse, the throwing things, um, the hidden abuse, the subtle things that we don't even recognize. Um, if somebody even like says, Let's just go with um, saying something like, you know, you, you really shouldn't wear that color lipstick. And, you know, that's something that will make you feel kind of bad. If you didn't mm-hmm. ask the question, yeah. why is someone offering that to mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Only but to hurt you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Those hidden things like that happen all the time, and we think nothing about it, actually. But the, yeah, the, right. The, yeah, it's, go just, ahead. It's, an, it's just an observation on their part, and you, I guess they're entitled to their opinion, but the fact that they offer it before you request it is where it becomes yes. abusive. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yes. So who did you study with? I mean, I, I know you mentioned uh, uh, Patricia Evans, Evans. author. Yeah. But you, you mentioned a couple people to me, and I found one of and one of them went all the way back to your childhood. Yeah. Let's go with Les Brown, Iyala Van Zandt, Tony Robbins, all of these people who have made books, created videos. And back then, it was cassette tapes. 
that's where I am so grateful, so, so grateful from the depth of my heart for those people who were motivational speakers, who was able to put it in a book. And because I was a reader, an avid reader, I still love to read, but it is because of Les Brown. I remember some of the words that he quoted. And one of them that sticks out to me today is, if you fall in life, be sure to land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. And wow. we we all know the story about how Les Brown was adopted and was pegged as the mentally retarded, as the word was used back then, twin. He had a twin. Mm-hmm. And so hearing his story gave me hope. Back then in my life, I was brought up in a poor home to a single mother, like I mentioned before, dysfunctional family. And so listening to other people's stories gave me hope. And they were so absolutely right. Every one of them said it. You have to know within yourself and believe within your heart that it gets better, that um, your positive thinking is what's going to help to get you forward in life. And that's what helped me, Susan. And I am Mm -hmm. grateful to say to this day, I am living in a life of peace that I never knew existed until now. It's amazing what the mind can do when you truly believe, truly Mm -hmm. believe that life can get better no matter what situation you're in. That's a wonderful, wonderful philosophy. I mean, it's just everyone, the more people who think that way, the more chance we have of healing our world all the way through. Now, you know, you mentioned that you were that writing the book was extremely painful emotionally. Was it also therapeutic? Very therapeutic. Yes, I'm glad you asked that question because after I would slam that laptop down and give a great cry, I was like, "Okay, the warrior was alive again." <laughs> <laughs> So I was able to move forward with my armor and shield and and get to packing and finishing it up. It took me 10 years to finish Brittle Never Broke. Wow. 10 years to write it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, but that's just one of the books you've written. Another one that I have read at the top here is All Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Now, what is that? The first one. That's my my poems book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is a compilation of various things that happened to me personally, um, things that I saw happen or witnessed on the news or from a loved one, um, on Facebook, and and even uh, sitting in the doctor's office. You know, I could uh, watching a movie was another one. But all lives matter. I came up with that title because during the time when a lot of black people were being murdered by innocent black people or being murdered by police officers, it hit me so hard. And I was like, you know, yes, black lives definitely matter. Um, But most people never really mention people with disabilities lives matter. Mm. Women's Mm -hmm. lives matter. And so I say, you know, and I fall into the category of the, the black female with a disability. So I have three of those societal uh, labels 
uh, that's been with me for all my life. And so I said, you know what? I'm just going to call this book All Lives Matter because that's basically what it is, the bottom line in life. Well, you know, you just said that, you know, it's it's a situation for you where you've had to deal with it your entire life. Did Did that contribute to you developing a coaching philosophy? Yes. I feel like uh, as far as my coaching, empowerment coaching skills, the bottom line is I've gone through a great deal. And I've come back, uh, I would say, um, a new person, improved, a new and improved person, let's put it that way. And so I want people to know um, no matter what you're going through, it always gets better. But you have to believe. You have to really hold on to faith within yourself to know. You know, I want to give an example real quick. I broke my knees in 2021, February 2021. I fell and broke both of my knees. Mm. And it was, when I say at least four feet of snow outside, extremely cold, I was basically trapped in my home for Mm. about a week before I could actually go to the doctor and confirm that my knees were broken. And so, yeah, uh, when I sat there and, of course, you know, I don't know if any anybody listening has ever broken anything, but that can be such a weight on the spirit because you're in a, at a point where you really have to stand still when you really want to be going still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, I cried some days. It's like because I was afraid. I was I'm older now, so I'm thinking, you know what? Oh my God, I'm nervous. This is going to take a while. I know it's going to probably be a long time before I heal. Little did I recognize, each week I started to feel like something better in my knees was happening. And so finally, after six weeks, I returned to the doctor. The snow outside is basically gone. The birds are chirping. And I said, oh, my God, six weeks. And it's almost like winter never happened because it was starting to even warm up. And so if we could just, whatever it is, I don't know what it is that anybody may be going through out there, suffering with, frustrated from, feeling like it's never going to end, feeling like you're stuck, whatever that thing is, those suicidal thoughts, um, those homicidal thoughts, all of that can be checked with your own heart and mind. You have to go within, go deep within, and recognize after a few weeks, if just a few weeks hang on in there and try and lose those thoughts, the sun is going to shine again. Everything is going to be different. That's all it takes. Sometimes it only takes the next day. The mm-hmm. next day, things can be better. So just hold on, whatever it is. I promise you, it gets better. Has, has this changed with how you, or changed how you deal with people? Oh, yes. I am so uh, understanding because people, we are each other, basically. People have to recognize we are made up of the same matter as, um, I guess I, I could call it the dust in the sky. The stars have dust. The, um, the dust in the ground, the mud. All of that is what we're all made of. 
we have come from that. We are going back to that once we take our last breath. So I start to see people in this life as me. We are all each other's keeper. If somebody is looking or or being mean, even in the stores, you know, try not to take it personal because they're going through something. And that's one way I've able been been able to to try not to get angry. And I'm checking myself on this, you know, when the, mm-hmm. the egos flare. The egos flare, one person say something that may hit you personally, and then you want to say something back, and it just gets out of hand. So if we could just think within ourselves, we all suffer, we all hurt, we all handle it differently. And so if somebody's in the – if I'm in a store and they, let's just say a uh, cashier says something really out of order to me, I would stop and look at them and say, you must be having a really bad day today. And I understand that. And that's what kind of starts to get the emotions to melt. Like, oh, my God. And then, of course, no one wants to cry in front of people. So they're trying to hurry up and get you out of there. (laughs) Once you you get that, struck that area of their, you know, their lives that they don't want to deal with. So, yeah, I've had to see people. That's sort of. That's sort of interesting because, you know, at one point you, I mean, on some level you are an advocate for um, talking about what's going on and uh, eliminating violence and, and problems in relationships. Yet at the same time, you're able to come at it from a very compassionate place where you're calling them on it and in the nicest of ways, um, just recognizing they're having a problem. And allowing them to respond or to just get you out of the store quickly, you know. <laughs> but it's but there's something there because there's a, you know, there's all sorts of, of things that people do that are rude and considerate, and you are in a position somehow to, uh, you know, to deal with the fact that there's really no excuse for abuse, but you can open the dialogue. There you go. I love that. You put that so eloquently. Yes, that's what that's what's needed is for people to um, be able to have that that out to speak about it or to know that they're they've they've been seen. You know, that's all most of us really want. Uh, And I believe Oprah said it best. We all just want to be seen. And sometimes when you're around people who don't give you that. And you find a complete stranger that just all of a sudden sees you, notices that you're actually there, that can mean all the world to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even uh, just going to the homeless, I was driving one time in the turning lane, and there was a homeless man in a wheelchair, and I found some money to give to him. And so when I handed him the money, he grabbed my whole hand, and I saw he, he quickly released it, but in a way, I said to myself, I didn't even, you know, flinch. I said, he probably wanted to see my reaction to his touch. Mm. And I didn't flinch. And, I want, and that let me know I didn't, it wasn't something that I was thinking to do, but I'm glad I could show him. You're not, I'm not trying to, you know, judge you based on your condition or your living situation. You know, I was okay with the touch. And I was glad he saw that I was okay with the touch. It, was, it blessed me that he touched me, and I'm glad, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that I was able to bless him by not giving him that 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 reaction that most people probably right. give. A dismissal or a, a there you go. 
Yeah. Yeah. Repulsive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you've written another book, Marvina. It's called Massage Jenny. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yes. That Massage Jenny is definitely highlighting uh, different short stories, uh, poetry, proses. And um, the one story that the book is about, Massage Jenny, is just highlighting physical abuse, verbal abuse, and the stuckness of a victim when they are in a situation. Even, uh, let, me, uh, let me add financial abuse. Even mm-hmm. when they are making the, the prize, they are the prize making winner, uh, mon- making the money in the home. And they're still accepting the physical abuse and the verbal abuse because they are what people call trauma bond, what's been termed as trauma bonded, where you're stuck in a situation believing, you know, that you can't get out or Mm -hmm. that this person needs you. This very person who's hurting you, you make excuses for them and allow them to keep hurting you. And so Massage Jenny is definitely a reflection of what the word is. If you say the two words fast enough, it comes out to be misogyny. And that's one of the things I wanted to highlight in our society today, which is global. And it blows my mind doing my research how this is all happening all over the world. Yes. It is, it is one of the major problems I think we, we probably have to deal with as humans in relationship. Yeah. Yes, even going back to being set back with the Roe versus, versus Wade situation. So. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You know, it's, it's, everywhere. it's not to, um, and we don't, you know, we, we emotionally react and we don't always have all the facts in front of us, but there you go. we are, you know, we are responding out of wherever yes. we're coming from. So. Yeah. What about labeling saga, Martina? Oh, labeling saga. That one there uh, stems from just what it says, being labeled in society. Now, I know we do need to have the labels so we can be able to uh, verbally describe things. However, some labels are just so hurtful. And some labels are used to determine the type of category we should be in as humans or even as animals, just so certain people will know how to treat us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the sad part right there. We shouldn't have to have a certain label in order to uh, be graced with kindness and love. Um, and so labeling saga is also near and dear to me because uh, suicide is a very prevalent issue among uh, my family members. Mm. Um, I had a brother who committed suicide, who succeeded in committing suicide. Um, he was going through a great deal and should have gotten some professional um, mental help. But mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't really make a person do anything. They would have to be willing to do it themselves. And so he decided to take his life. Um, his birthday was yesterday, oh my. as a matter of fact. Yeah. So, wow. and I didn't even recognize he would have been 60 years old. Wow. 
Um, yeah, so that one, that one, the suicide is a very, very touchy um, life situation for me. <laughs> um, my mom wrote a letter because, of course, she's attempted suicide several times in her life while I was um, in her presence. And so she wrote a letter, and I held on to that letter, and that's one of the letters that I published in Labeling Saga. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's another poignant poignant book for you. It is. It so is. you switched gears completely and wrote duplex occurrences. Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, I had to with all of the heavy weight. I'm like, God, something has to give. I need to breathe again and be having fun again. And so that's where duplex occurrence is my fun book. I um, made this into a fictional family in the urban area of Chicago. And I found these characters as I continued to write, they just started introducing themselves to me, so to speak. And I created a whole community of, of uh, where you can go from comedy to chaos to thriller to murder to uh, I even have a, a scene in there for the justice system, and I put a twist on that in that book. And so it is what I call my fun book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and it really did help me to um, be able to breathe again, so to speak, and laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad. It's much more comfortable to be able to breathe and laugh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So have you been able to promote these books? I mean, the last two years have been very challenging for people. Oh, my God. You're right. I'm working on it. I'm going to start doing some more things, as a matter of fact, soon to try and get some help with getting promoted because I have plans for more things that I want to do in my life, and I'm going to need to get these my, myself, my name, and my books out there. And so I'm, I'm hoping that I can get the help with this podcast here and get the people mm-hmm. listening and get out there and help me out here, people. I'm going to need you to help me with these sales. <laughs> That's right. Well, so so where are you currently? Where, If somebody was looking for you, where would they find you now? Okay, I am. You can Google me. You just put my mm-hmm. name in, Marvina Sims. You'll, I'll pop up all over mm-hmm. the website. And um, But my personal website is uh, www dot dot com. That's where you can find me. And uh, I would love to have you to leave your information so that you can see what's happening with me. Follow me because I do have um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube channel. So I'm out there. I'm even on LinkedIn. I'm trying to remember everything. I'm on Snapchat too, but I'm a little Snapchat challenge, so I don't really work okay. that one <laughs> That's and do you and do you speak anywhere? I am I usually speak on my uh Instagram and YouTube so far. That's where I've been. But I am available if anyone would like to have me to come and speak, you can reach out to me. Um I have a page uh on my website where you can leave your information. And um, I am more than willing to get there to speak about whatever topic you need me to speak on. We can make it happen. Just let me know.
Fantastic. So where are your books available? They are available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I even found out it's on Walmart website now. So um, what's the other one? Is there more? Is there so many websites out there that sell books? Oh, there books? are. I want there to say wherever, huh? wherever books are sold. Oh, that's where yeah. I have to go. <laughs> Wherever books are sold, you can find me. And the best thing I want to highlight about my, all of my books is that I provide resources at the end of every book that will help people if they are feeling suicidal, if they've been um, raped, if they've been in a domestic violence situation, the LGBTQ community, all of those resources. And um, even more, there's even a resource uh, link where if you don't need any of those that's listed, then there are more that you can look at. And I would mm -hmm. just be so uh, honored for people to be able to use those resources to be able to help them to better their lives, whatever the situation, situation is. Situation is, yep. How yeah. people responded to the books? Oh, so far, I've had people tell me that Brittle Never Broken is really good. And some people are saying, well, I have your book, but I, I haven't read it yet. I'm getting to it. <laughs> and so uh, even one lady mm -hmm. who wrote, just recently read uh, Duplex the Current, she said, I don't normally read books, but when I started reading Duplex the Current, I couldn't put it down, and it had me laughing. I said, oh, yes, that's the goal. <laughs> people need to laugh. Laughter is medicine. <laughs> what what would you love to have happen with your book? Oh, I would love to be, become a best-selling author. Um, I would like to see over 20,000 copies sold or more, at least 20,000 copies sold. If I could get that, oh, that would bless me so. When so you do it. Marfina, when, when I do it. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> when I spell. And that is so true. And my, my, one of my biggest, my biggest prayers I've been praying for consistently is that I can get duplex occurrence into some sort of film, movie, series. If that could happen, oh, my God, I have lived my ultimate life of success. If I win. When I can get that to happen. Thank you, Susan, for that question. <laughs> yes, we put that. And you'll have to, you know, in your spare time, imagine when, when you receive that letter or that phone call or get to go on the set or any other images that you can think of that would match and show you that you have done it. Absolutely. You have done it in the that future. That's so true. Yeah. And then you know what steps to take to get there. Yeah, and I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. that's good. Sure. That's good. Are you feeling good about your life right now, Marvin? Oh, my God, Susan. If I could, let me tell you, let me just say this. If anybody has said to me 10 years ago, let's five years ago, that I would be living my best life today, I would have been like, you must be living <laughs> on another planet. You've got to be kidding me. My life is. But when I look back and see where I come from, Oh, my God. I'm a true believer in, in God, higher power, however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know m miracles have happened. Miracle after miracle in my life has happened. And living my best life today is just one of those. And that's why I want to encourage people out there today. This, too, 
can happen for you at any time. Life can change for the better. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. Do you have a what's next coming up? What's next? Oh, yes, I do. I, you know, I don't know, but see, I'm the type that will read several books at one time. Cause I'll mm-hmm. read one chapter and I'll put that down. I'm like, okay, now let me see what this book has to say. So I'm reading like four, four or five. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to tell you how many books I'm reading because I have these few that I keep in a bag and I carry them around with me <laughs> that, so I can read whenever I'm ready. But my what's next, I'm doing the same thing with my writing. I am writing at least four other books now, four more. And I know the titles, and you know what's even amazing to me is something may happen in life or around me or on a movie, and that would give me a whole new different scene in yep. one of my books, and I would know which book that would be for. So that's Absolutely. the amazing part. Yeah, That is amazing. Yeah. So, that's so do you book. have... Yeah. Do you have a last message for your audience before we wrap up our call? Oh, I cannot stress this enough. No matter what you're going through in life right now, whatever it is, you may be in tears right now. You may be wanting to die right now. But I promise you, this too shall pass. Whatever you're going through, you have to have the mindset that you want a better life because you deserve, I cannot stress that enough, you deserve the best no matter what has been told to you, no matter what somebody has said to you and made you believe, that's not true. Life is to be, to be lived abundantly. And so whatever you're going through, just think of that one step, one thing that you can do today that's going to help you to continue to go towards that life that you can imagine as being the best life anyone could ever have. Powerful words, Marzina. Powerful words. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your point of view because it's a powerful healing message. Uh, It's inspiring to hear about your situation. and how, you know, how you've used coaching to heal yourself. And, and then now you're, you know, paying it back by helping to heal others, which is just a, a beautiful thing to see. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate you for having me here. This was a blessing to be able to speak. It feels so good. And I'm praying that somebody has gotten encouraged and want to change their lives around for the best. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Amen, sister. (laughs) For for the benefit of our listeners, we've been Mm -hmm. speaking with Marvina Sims about her multiple books, Brittle Never Broken, All Lives Matter, Misogyny, Labeling Saga, and Duplex Occurrences. And these books are available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and probably wherever online books are available anywhere. So thank you again, Marvina. We appreciate your being on. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate you having me here. All right. Well, it's time to bring this call in for a landing. Thank you all for listening. Bye for now and have a great day. 
Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.